Hey, welcome everybody. It is Wednesday, 7 o'clock, Sci-Fi Distilled. Welcome back, Mary Beth, and welcome back, Bruce. How are you? Loving it. Loving it. Okay. Hello. Well, it, is, it is our final show for Halloween month, aside from the crossover, Epic's crossover episode, Sunday night with Roy. Okay. Um, and we have decided by popular demand, this one was chosen by the group, by the viewers, to do um, uh, Alien, 1979, the original sci-fi horror film. Um, but before we get to that, I believe we have news as usual. Yes, let me fly through the news because I want to get to Alien. Uh, how, although there are, I do have some things I would like to discuss with you guys in the news. Uh, I have six pieces of news. So number one, talks between SAG-AFTRA and the studios have not been going well. They were suspended on October 11th, but everyone was willing to come back to the table this week. Yesterday was disappointing, but they're back at it today, probably right now as it is about 4 o'clock California time. Uh, SAG themselves came under fire from their own union members for their strict Halloween costume guidelines, saying no costumes of any characters from struck content. Instead, wear something generic, like a ghost or a spider. This was met with pushback and actors like Ryan Reynolds, Melissa Gilbert, and Mandy Moore and more were tweeting criticisms. Ryan Reynolds tweeting, I look forward to screaming scab at my eight-year-old on Halloween. She's not in the <laughs> union, but she'll learn. Uh, the studios may earn very, 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 very small amounts of money. Like if you go to the official Star Trek shop and order from them the, the uniform, and they have like zero selection of uniforms, like none. They might make a tiny bit of money, but honestly, most of us, where do we get our costumes? Like cheap Chinese knockoffs. So it's not like the studios earn anything. So the actor's point is, while this is this is not important and uh, the best way to show the studios we mean business, it is not the best way to show the studios we mean business because it doesn't hurt them at all. Uh, my costume that I'm going to wear Sunday and the costume I'm going to do Instagram both break these rules so I don't get to talk. Um, did NASA just ruin it or just make it tougher for all mankind writers, maybe at least philosophically. In a recent address, Pam Melroy, NASA's deputy administrator, said the focus of figuring out ethics and laws on both the moon and Mars were of paramount importance. In her presentation called Creating a Responsible and Sustainable Universe, she spoke for the ongoing need to have serious conversations about making sure the exploration of space remained peaceful. Perhaps they saw a couple episodes of For All Mankind and got nervous. They thought maybe we'd go shooting Russians on the moon. I don't know. For All Mankind. Actually, you know, up on the ISS, those guys get along really, really well up there. So I, I feel like space is going to be fine. Uh, for All Mankind's next season, season four? Season four. Or five, guys. On the 10th. Season four, yep. Four. Debuts November 10th. Yes. So, guys, what do you think? Did, does that spoil your enjoyment of All Mankind? Uh, a show that uh, prides itself on realism? Yeah, I don't see that as it affecting no. the show one way or the other. Not at all. Yeah. Not at all. No, yeah. First of all, the show is complete fiction. Yeah. Hello. Um, as far as history goes. So, you know, we don't know what transpired or how, what, if had those events happened in real life, how, where we would be today with it. So, it's all moot. I mean, they had already declared the moon as nobody could own it. You know, even sure. though our flag's the only one up there that anybody actually physically stood there, 
you know, they, and I imagine they would probably, probably try to come up with the same agreements for Mars, but you know, there's going to be conflicts. Once we move, I believe once we move permanently onto these places and actually have permanent colony, people are going to live there. You know, you always see that eventually you're going to say there's going to be conflict with earth. You know what I'm saying? And who it's, it's the new yeah, world all the, over again. Just like, you know, you know yeah. they'll be dumping tea into the crater or whatever at some point. <laughs> seriously though but you know what i'm saying it's the same thing it's just now on a grander scale but it's basically colonization and eventually those colonists will want to become independent hey send the canadians there first we'll keep it peaceful okay. right. moving on number three another game show so not game show just a game another game turned tv show fallout is coming amazon has announced its highly anticipated huge budget Video game adaptation will be on Prime, and it will debut on April 12, 2024. Number four, Bodies. Bodies is currently the most popular piece of content across all Netflix, according to Flix Patrol, having just debuted on October 19th. The problem is, is I haven't heard neither of Bodies nor Flix Patrol. But I might go look at Bodies. The premise is that the same body, the same dead body, turns up in 1890, 1941, 2023, and 2053 in a murder investigation. Bodies is an eight-episode show. is written by Paul Tomlin, who has previously worked on Torchwood, and it is based on a 2015 black uh, DC black label graphic novel called Bodies by Cy Spencer. I don't know. What do you guys think? You going to check that out? I might. Oh, yeah. Kind of interesting. More yeah. time travel stuff. No, not more time travel stuff. More time travel stuff. <laughs> Uh, this is one, this article, this next article, I want to hear your input on. Star Trek Enterprise showrunner Manny Cotto has confirmed there were plans for William Shatner to return as Kirk on Enterprise as a villain. Killed a decade earlier in 1994 Star Trek Generations, Shatner, along with the writers, figured they could resurrect the mirror version of Kirk to do battle with uh, Jonathan Archer and the NXO one crew. So here's, here was their idea. Now you got to kind of, it's a little bit convoluted. So kind of roll with me here, but I want to hear what you guys think. The idea was, and this is according to Kato, the idea was, uh, this was a mirror universe themed episode and it was not just the regular universe and the mirror universe, but they also were going to create a third universe. So they were kind of getting into the multiverse a little bit. The idea was that, okay. You remember, Mirror, you know, Mirror Kirk had the Tantalus field. All right. So let's say at the end of Mirror Mirror, when good Kirk says, find a reason, make it stick to bad Spock. And then he leaves and ostensibly bad, evil Kirk comes back. Well, let's say Spock does it. He finds a reason he makes it stick. He takes over the ship from evil Kirk and he pushes the button on the Tantalus field to get rid of evil Kirk. Here's where the writers made the jump. They theorized there's like one line by Barbara Luna that suggests they stole that technology, didn't invent it. They stole it, the Tantalus field. So the writers were like, let's say it didn't kill people. Let's say it shot them onto a planet in a third universe. And so all the people that Kirk was disappearing by pushing the button were all going there. And then finally Spock disappears, Kirk, and he goes there. So now they're all on this planet. And they're all just kind of trying to survive. Kind of like the way Khan did on SETI Alpha, whatever the hell it was. Five and a half, whatever it was. So, so they're all there. And now now you have to take Jonathan Archer and the whole NXO1 crew. And I don't know what a, I, it can be anything. Tachyon's gone wrong, Nebula, whatever. And they they get into the pocket universe. 
and now Evil Kirk is trying to take over the Enterprise. And so, so uh, like John Archer, Archer, on. Okay. Yeah, kind of. He gets sent to a planet that is filled with his enemies that he's gotten rid yeah, that's of. That's what I thought too. That, and they don't <laughs> kill him, but he's Kirk. I mean, he's Kirk. You know, he 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 becomes the leader of the banished people. You know, he does. It's Kirk. Well, they can pretty much write whatever. It's an interesting idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Jonathan, I mean, they ended up. You know, they ended up. Off. Maybe that's what. I wonder if that's what eventually became Mirror Darkly. That they decided just to go not go with that and go with the two episodes of Into the Mirror Darkly, which were great episodes because we find out what happened to the Defiant. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So um, I, I, I think that just went a little bit too far. And, and yeah, it was yeah. a lot of it's a, it's a, that's a long, that almost sounds like a fan novel. Yeah. <laughs> to me. Yeah. This was, you know, this was from Manny, Manny Cotto. I, I think it's good. Well, that was, well, you know, that may be the case. And it may have been, you know, we don't know how serious. Was it written? Was it just something that they, you know, as they were eating donuts and drinking coffee in the writer's room and said, what if we did this? Or because Shatner said he wanted to be on an episode. And they're like, well, how the hell do we work him in? I mean, as it's Kirk? such a convoluted episode. That's such a convoluted yeah. premise. I mean, there's a, a lot, of, there's a lot of moving parts there. Three episode arc. Oh, know? yeah. And they did a bunch of those in season four. Yeah, they had a bunch of like multi multi episode that yep. followed the same like little mini arcs. Um, but yeah, I mean, sadly, we never got to see season five. So, yeah. um, I wanted, I just, I just wanted to see the refit. Yeah, we all did. I want to see the we refit fly. So anyway, I want to see. I want to see more Andorians. Thank you. Well, that too. We yeah, want we more. Shram. We wanted more. We wanted shram. more Shram. Yeah. All right, guys, finally tonight, last piece of news, a sci-fi museum owner, a sci-fi museum owner is to be the subject of his very own documentary. No, it's not James, but he should be. England's Neil Cole, a Doctor Who historian, monster restorer, and all-around artist, uh, is the subject of a new documentary by Real Time Pictures that begins filming in November at the museum, at Neil Cole's museum, the Museum of Classic sci-fi this documentary will look at neil's lifelong crusade to save and restore the original screen used monsters props and costumes from the classic british sci-fi doctor who um he deals primarily in the 60s era stuff his story kind of parallels james sort of except no elvis uh, he was given one of the original cybermen helmets from back in the 60s and he restored it and then others who had bits and pieces of Doctor Who paraphernalia all came to ask for him for help because much of that older stuff had was in private hands and they did not know how to take care of it and it had all like deteriorated. So he began to work on that and that's how he rose to fame and now he has a museum of Doctor Who stuff. Um, guys, the, our sweatshirts and stuff, I just bought my little baby nephew a sci-fi distilled t-shirt for Christmas. The um, Our spread shop is having a 25% off sale. I'm going to drop right. the link and in the chat. Today is the last. Today like or tomorrow. Today, like maybe day. tomorrow. Yeah. yeah, I had posted it. So if you look, go back on our uh, sci-fi distilled Facebook page, it's on there. It's not yeah. very big. And I didn't have a graphic to go with it, but it's there. So and I think if it you're going to grab anything for Christmas, today might today or tomorrow might be a great day to do it because it is 25% off. All it right. What's going to happen now is Rizzo is going to put up a three-minute timer, and we're going to talk about Lower Decks Caves for three minutes. 
All right, you ready? Here we go. And go. Want me to go? Yeah, you go. <laughs> so this one was all about caves or a cave. There are our now Lieutenant JGs are uh, assigned to do a cave survey, which they're all kind of like, oh no, not another cave survey. These are so boring. And then of course they go and do it. And then shenanigans ensue when they come across. It's supposed to be really run of the mill, but then uh, there's like some kind of green moss or something growing in there that eats shoes. Might be <laughs> going to eat them, which spins them off into a whole cave uh, anthology story or flashbacks of them each in different situations in caves, including we find out that Rutherford actually carried the doctor's baby at one point um, for some kind of weird thing that was that was kind of funny. But and I don't want to take up the entire thing. Oh, What's uh, that? I was going to say we all flash back to threshold. Yeah, we all okay, flash back. Well, there's several kind of, that theme has been used in Star Trek, not only all the way back to Enterprise, well, not all the way back, but DS9, Kira carried O'Brien's baby. Mm. So there was some kind of, some weird Star Trek. There's always, there's always links in Star Trek in the lower deck. So, uh, so each of them tells the story about how they were trapped in a cave and how they got out of the cave to try to see if it would work yep. about getting them out of this cave. Um, and yes. then it turns out that the one guy who wasn't with them, but Boimler was talking about, the guy that had all the conspiracy theories. Well, 359 was an oh, inside job. Actually, Levy. was right. Levi, Levi. Yeah. yeah, he was actually right on in this instance that there was these aliens that were creating the whole situation to <laughs> test them to see what they would do. And that was kind of funny that he ended up being right the one time with his... Uh, with his you know, conspiracy theories. I'm taking up the entire three minutes. Very bad talk. No, it's fine. I, t I, t I figure I talk all during the news. You can talk all during the news. I don't remember. So, yeah, I mean, Bruce, you know, obviously you can... I thought the, uh, you know, I thought this whole sequence with the time field was was great. That, that oh, was right. amazing. Um, just what a what a concept and no I'm younger than you so oh no we'll get the uh, we'll get the uh, young ensign yeah, the time there. yeah yeah there was like a time dilation so they had to get to this mineral and they had to go through the, it made them older it would make them older the closer they got to the mineral and younger when they got back and then of course one of them just will always walk around this way you know there's like yeah. another way around to the other side no, there was, was another deposit over or another here deposit or something. Yeah, that was, it's like why don't we just get that one instead so, you know, typical lower deck kind of silliness. But uh, we are, in the and, end, we find out. Right. Intendi's story, yeah. which wasn't a cave story, which was them all in Thermal Lift, was how they all ended up together as friends. Yeah. It was just so a really was, sweet because she they, she loves her friends. Yeah. Yep. All right. That, let me get rid of this. Ooh, do we have a drink? Do we have something to drink we while do. We, we are. Do. And I thought it was appropriate. Space. Oh, alien acid. Yeah, there you go. Like the blood of the alien. This is actually a punch. So if you see, it makes quite a bit. Two cups of pineapple juice, um, a cup of uh, lime sherbet. This is going to, if you're having a Halloween party, this is probably a good one. Uh, orange liqueur, which could be like Contro or even um, uh, uh, Curacao. Uh, some bitters, uh, ginger ale, and Prosecco. So always, uh, Prosecco is like in everything, I think. And there's the instructions. Basically, you mix some of it, and then you add the sherbet and mix it up. Pretty easy. Sounds yeah, good. Really good. Yeah, Excellent. sounds delicious. And it makes extra. We have a really good crowd out there watching tonight, so it's a good thing we have extra drinks. Uh, hello to Bill. Hello to Jeff. Martin is here. The Shadow is here. Captain Phil is in the house. 
who else is here? Kent Schmidt is here. Kent and I were talking this morning and I asked him and he had no answer for me. What are lightsabers? They're not lasers because lasers would just go on forever. They're fictional swords that stop? cannot like, exist. How do they make it reality? light up and then stop? That's it. Because you can't. You can't. That's the point. I, I so, would like a lightsaber. Please. There wasn't, there was it was it Mythbusters? Somebody actually made what, what they called a real one, but it was still a rod that became was basically it a, a laser. Like, like a, what no, was it? it was like a plasma cutter. Chris says plasma. Yeah, it's supposed to be plasma, but I mean, how can it cut through things and also be, you know, uh, if you hit it with another la uh, lightsaber, it, uh, yeah, the, the physics of it is all wrong. But, yeah. But that's Star Wars. Yep. <laughs> There's nothing that's there was only something today. Don't confuse Star Wars with science. Come on. No, no, <laughs> it's fantasy. But there was one funny thing. I was actually oh, watching uh Neil deGrasse Tyson give a talk, and he was saying the one thing that Star Wars got right. The only scientific thing they got right was on in in, in episode four or of Star Wars, the original movie, is when Luke is kind of at night after r2d2 has kind of before we do find out that he's taken off and he's looking at the twin sun setting he's like that would be accurate in a twin twin star system where the planet all orbited both stars okay <laughs> so, so I just think it was just interesting that that was the only scientific thing that was accurate in the movie well, it's, it's hot and dry in the desert. I get that. Yeah, I guess moisture farmers. I don't know why. Why would you live on that planet? Martin in the first says place? it's made out of midichlorians. Midichlorians was hand down the yeah. worst thing they ever. Introduced yeah, we don't speak of the first three. No. We do not speak of the we first. We don't three. speak of them. So anyway, all right, everybody's here. all right. Let's let's do it. Everybody is here for our favorite movie. Actually, you know what, you guys? I think I like Aliens better. Well, okay, you're both off the show. <laughs> I I realized when watching well, Alien, I realized all, I had right. seen Aliens more. I seen it more. Okay, yeah. The thing is, yeah, Aliens. They're two. You can't compare them because no. they're there are the same universe, but they're no. very very different films. Um, one is all about uh, tension, you know, and the other one is more just action. Just you know, the one has Bill Paxton screaming. No Bill Paxton. Space, I mean, there's I mean. certainly more humor in it. There's like no humor in this movie. It, yeah, the there's no action at all. Humor. There's nothing funny in it. I can't think of anything that was funny. Um, uh, but when yeah, this film came out, 1979. Okay, so this is still, you know, this is a long time. You know, what is it? God, how many years ago now? It's it's quite a bit. It's quite old. I was 13. I was yeah. I was only 12. I didn't see this in the theater. I was definitely too young. You know, it was funny. I was thinking about this movie and I was rewatching it. And I'm like, well. It's not it's not as scary as when it maybe the first time I saw it in the 80s. I did see it shortly when it became out on, on VHS. I think it's probably the first time I saw it. And I was thinking to myself, you know, it's so different how we've how movies have progressed. I remember because we don't see a lot of the we see the the intent of the alien to kill, it moving, its mouth coming out. You don't see a lot of it actually attacking. Physically, no. it's a few quick shots that are so quick you really can't tell what what's going on. Which was smart. And then how much you know with modern movies today, where we see every graphic little detail of somebody's death. Yep. You know, I mean, even if on you television, the boys or yeah, Gen you B. The boys or or Walking Dead, you know, or some of those where they've gotten. And I sort of think about okay, this movie was was pretty 
you know, scary in its time. And Jaws, remember, was was scary in 1975. People were really saying the same thing. And you watch Jaws now, and it's almost if it wasn't such a great movie, it would be almost comical. You know what I'm saying? With the, with the this I is not comical. Let me just finish my point. You keep going back, go all the, but then jump even further back to Psycho. And remember how controversial that movie was with that scene where she gets stabbed, and you don't actually see her get stabbed you just see the blood running thing and and the shower getting and that's on the it on the top. and crazy. that was considered over the top i mean consider where that one was and where we are today with what mm -hmm. we see no wonder when we go back and look at these older films that we go wow these really wasn't that scary or really was but it was at the time because it was all relevant of what we were used to seeing that was my point a little long-winded point but it was <laughs> well i came that's, at it in a, in a unique way Go yeah, ahead, but I came, I came at it in a unique way because, again, I was too young to see it in the theaters. And I really didn't have a lot of interest to grab it on VHS. So I actually saw Aliens first and then went back and saw Alien. Yes, I and, I must, and I must admit it was on a crappy previously viewed copy um, that I think I got for Christmas or something like that. And I couldn't tell if I wasn't supposed to be able to to see what was going on, or it was just the bad quality of the tape. It's a very dark film. I mean, physically dark. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I get that. I, I envy people who, who saw Alien first because you don't know what the creature looks like. You don't know what's going on. And uh, yeah, to me, once I saw Alien, it was like, yeah, okay. Uh, I've seen all of this sort of before. And the other one that uh, I was really familiar with, being a, a bit of a Whovian, is the Ark in Space, uh, the Doctor yeah. Who serial from the the Fourth Doctor, which had, amazingly for Doctor with Who, we're in, yeah, with the with the, the, the creatures, coming, well, with creatures coming in and infecting the 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 colonists and and changing them and stuff like that. So to me, when I saw Alien, it was sort of like, yeah, okay, I, I've seen this, done that, and. Uh, just get the damn shotguns out and blow them away. Come on. Well, again, and that's the difference to me is, you know, these guys were. Blood was not, acid. Can't just blow them away. Yeah, their blood was acid, so you be careful when you shoot them. But um, the key, the, the thing is, these were just truck drivers. These guys yes. were, they were not military at all. They didn't really have any real weapons. I mean, they're these flamethrowers that they cobbled together. So, you know, the one alien certainly had an advantage. Now, when you get to aliens, there's hundreds of aliens, but now we have Marines with all kinds of firepower. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's the big difference in, in these two films where we have armies of these things getting blown away because we have, you know, had the Marines been on the Nostromo, it would have been a real short film. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Kill the one, we're Still, done, and that's the end of it. Exactly. Phil is saying they took a, a page out of the Jaws playbook. Uh, yeah, well, you don't actually see yeah, it. Absolutely. Yeah, because what because what goes on in your mind is infinitely more scary than anything the filmmakers can show you. And he's <laughs> yeah. saying, and since the mature alien is basically a guy in a suit, it's really important for us not to see that. I want to talk about that guy in the suit. He's an interesting character. And he says, the way the egg is implanted is, is straight out of Freud. Yeah, this movie has a lot of psychological and sexual overtones. We don't need to dive into all of them. We can just admire the great practical effects and stuff like that. Unless you guys, you know, want to go into a deep psychological dive tonight. But yeah, this movie actually, and I love this movie. I just, I think I'm with you, Bruce. I think I saw Aliens first. And so I just, and it's like, Rizzo, it's your theory of whichever one you see first is the one. Yeah, you and I was going to mention that when he said that. Yeah, it's whatever like one you see first. 
Um, yeah. But again, I I've always I love movie. Aliens. Don't get me wrong. I think Aliens is a great movie. I love movie. this movie. Um, I and, see the intellectualism it, of it. Here's I the just... thing. It's kind of like when people, you know, I love the original Star Wars film. It will always be my favorite film in that in that IP. But I have to admit that Empire really is a better film when you actually break it down. Hmm. Yeah. But Star Wars is still my favorite film. And and I wouldn't say that Aliens is necessarily a better film than this. I just think it's they're too different. Well, and I think they're both they're excellent. And it's yeah. probably one of the few times where we have an original that was popular, a sequel that was equally popular, if not more so, and yet was completely different. It wasn't just a remake of the original, where yeah. they went in a completely new direction with that. And and then we don't talk about three and four. And, <laughs> it's one of the rare occasions where... Well, it's, it's one of the occasions where the sequel makes sense following off. You know what I mean? The storyline right. makes it sense. Right. It picks up, right? It picks up right where this one left off. It'll be at what, 50 or 70 Ripley, years later when Ripley they finally the pick her up. With the harpoon gun still jammed in the door, like yeah. it picks up right there. So anyway. Yeah. yeah, they pick her up. But it's 70 years, 50, whatever it is, years later because she's been drifting in space for, for a very long time. It wasn't just like a month or something like that. She was there for like 50 years, I think, if I remember from the beginning of Aliens, when they finally pick her up. 50? Yep. So yeah, um, that's how they was able to get the the calling. Now, here's another another inconsistency between the two films. When they first find, they get the signal to go to the, to, to the alien planet. They call it a planetoid, and they only say it's 1,200 miles across, meaning it's basically an asteroid mm -hmm. that they land on. And then when they get to Aliens it's a full blown planet and they're terraforming it. So oh, there's a little bit. Yeah. If you want, there's a part, I noticed it this time when I watched it around, she's like, yeah, it's a, it's a something planetoid. It's only 1200 kilometers or something like that. So it's very oh, small. It's 1200 kilometers and 1200 miles. So, um, yeah, I just, you know, so just, it's really consistent. Aliens again now. Yeah. I mean, but anyway, the, the key of this film is the tension that it, it just is always, you're under tension almost from the beginning. And, and I loved the scene. I said this last week when we were talking about underwater. I love the scene with, with Dallas in the air shaft. And he's and they're like tracking this thing by motion. And then it just stops because it figures. Like it's intelligent enough to know to outsmart these these guys. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Ascension, I don't know. But it's clearly smart enough to know what they're doing to try to get it. And it outsmarts them at every turn. And the fact that, you know, they're like, it's got to be right in front of you. How do you not see it? You know, it's that... And then, of course, boom, he comes out and grabs him. And then I I, I've seen this movie many times, and I still, for some reason, the Tom Skerritt one, for some reason, I jump at that one every time. Jump at that one. I want to talk about a few things scares. that make this movie awesome, huh? No, there's a bunch of jump scares. Even when Jonesy jumps out, the is cat jumps out of the thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so she, she freaks uh, out. I want to talk about some of the choices these people made to make this movie awesome and 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 what you guys are thoughts are they made they chose to make it not old but used lived in the nostromo is clearly they've been there for a while and they also chose to make it super claustrophobic cramped tight by showing both the ceiling and the floor in shots like usually you don't see a ceiling usually it's like our set tour, like you look up, you see another ceiling, the high up ceiling, but they showed ceilings and it added to the tightness. They had sets, they had the complete set enclosed, like the full Nostromo, all, and you could walk all around it. Like when you saw the, the it's kind of like the set tour, except imagine a ceiling on the set tour. 
Yeah. I mean, it was done really well. You wouldn't want to think of why would a spaceship be so dark and like said the water dripping everywhere. And, but it was considered a commercial cargo vessel. It wasn't really supposed to be a very fancy ship of the line. Yeah. It was just a basic. So they kind of, but they had to keep it again. They kept it dark again to not only build the tension, make it scarier, but it also hides all the cheesy, you know, like you said, the, the, the guy in the suit kind of thing. It makes it harder to to kind of pick out the the, the stuff that's not quite that great. Um, mm. That's just an old trick. I mean, make it dark, and of course, steam everywhere. I mean, like everything you know. That's just a spaceship thing. Why yeah. is there steam venting Why everywhere? It's <laughs> steam venting. Well, that was another thing. When they get up, when they first wake up, they're all they're all smoking while they're eating. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know if you really want to do that on a spaceship with limited oxygen. <laughs> maybe know, they, they have. You know, maybe in, maybe in the ship. years. I don't know what how many years in the future. This is quite a bit. It's a, at least a hundred years from 25 now. Twenty-five something. I don't know. Does anybody remember in the chat? You're right. This is futuristic, but yeah, I noticed that too. Everyone was smoking. I was like, oh, all right, whatever. Yeah, I mean, it was the seventies too, so it probably you know made more I sense mean, to them. You you wanted. I mean, one of the things that this movie really did, and it sort of harkens back to to the original series and Star Trek, was the fact that you felt included. These weren't, you know, some top-notch scientists and stuff. These are blue-collar truckers. Could be any of us in there and stuff like that. And quite frankly, I think those of us who are old enough to remember forget how blue the air was back in the 70s, you know, <laughs> yeah, from people smoking. True. So to me, it's that's all part of that capturing, capturing the sort of everyday um, reality of, of the situation. Yeah, I think it, yeah. Right, I think it, it was set in twenty one twenty two. Yeah, it made them. Yeah, so about 100, 100 years. No, yeah. um, it did make it did make them look like average Joe kind of thing. You know, yeah. like yeah, they, they and I loved like, it. And, and I love the whole the argument. The one you know, Yafet Koto's constantly and they're arguing about their bonus. You know, like how come you know we're gonna get more? That's money. That's so related. Like money. you know, people like that, right? Yeah, yeah. That was just, and then, you know, like Tom Scarrett, you're gonna get what you agreed to, <laughs> or or you know the. <laughs> Why, why, why the hell are we going to go answer this signal? Because you lose everything if you don't. Right. Yeah. If you don't do it. Your right. Which is this, this is very um, almost two thousand one when you think about it, because they they sent them there ahead of time. They knew what they were sent. They were sending them to get. That's why they put Ash on there in the first place, was to ensure that the company was ensure that they would do that. He would secure the thing. Um, I don't know about I don't know so much about that um, because I think I think it was I, I don't think it was well planned. I think they had the that Ash was there in case something went wrong. That there was a company man there, and this I was, there was an I disagree. I think there was an implication that this, the company knew that this ship was going to be in that area, and they purposely sent him. Him, he knew he knew before they even left where the they started from. That it was going to, yeah, he knew the whole deal with this thing. I, I and, didn't, I didn't get that. I didn't get that effect. I, I got this that he was there as a company man, and they had this opportunity, and he was entirely instructed to make sure that this thing came back. Even, even if that's the case, it's still very kind of Hal Nine Thousand, where he's like, "Okay, I'm going to do." But the crew doesn't yeah. know this, yeah. but I'm going to make sure because you, know, you said he's the one that opened the door. He's the one that opened the door yeah. to let let it yep. let. And he was the one the that knew there was an embryo in Kane's lungs and didn't right. and didn't uh, tell him or anything. Absolutely, yeah. just let it go. 
And oh, then when was, it pops was... up his chest, Yafit Koto's going to kill it, and, and Ash is the one's like, no, no, don't touch it. Yeah, he. Yep. so yeah. Um, interestingly, it wasn't going to be Ash. It was going to be Mother. But then when they ran it, who did all, who, you know, um, but then it, they felt like that was a little bit too Hal 9000. It was going to be too much. That would be very Hal 9000. Yeah. Of course, we don't so find out that Ash is a, is a is a is an android until like halfway through the movie when he kind of which makes me wonder him. did they all know they must not have known that he was an android no they didn't because because even Yafet Koto said he's a goddamn android he's a robot or a goddamn robot so um yeah so and that's why in the second film that when we find when we meet Bishop uh, uh Ripley doesn't trust him yeah don't don't like uh, don't like the don't like the androids, don't like yeah. the androids. So, all right, let's talk about some other choices they made that made this thing really freaking awesome. Uh, some of their artist choices <laughs> that added to the overall look of both the ships and the aliens. So they used Mobius. We've talked about Mobius before when we did um, Heavy Metal. HR, is it Geiger or Geiger? I think it's Geiger. I, I, I was That's a weird, Geiger. That is a weird dude right there. Yeah, he, does <laughs> he definitely some has really interesting art because all his art prior to this has that same look. Yeah. It does. Uh, Ron Cobb and a few others, including Brian Johnson, who was just coming off of uh, who's just coming off of Star Wars. Uh, in fact, they said that uh, I was watching one of the behind the scenes things, and it said that in the docking clamp where the Nostromo docks to the refinery, in that docking clamp are some discarded R two D two feet, R two D two rolly feet, in there somewhere. I couldn't. I personally couldn't spy them, but people who are smarter than me and who can hit pause faster probably can. What do you guys think about the choice, particularly of H.R. Geiger and, and the, 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 look, the look of this thing? I love it because it's so alien. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's it's really, when you think about it, we kind of look at it today and we're like, oh, that's alien. We know that's the alien thing. But at the time, and again, in 1979, that was very bizarre. Yes. And it was very alien. And um, they shoot it. It's such a great way that you actually can't discern most of the time that it is a man in a suit. That man's, incidentally, that man's name was uh, Balaji Badejo. They had been um, interviewing all kinds of people to do this, including Peter Mayhew, who was just off of doing Chewbacca, and basketball players, and no one worked. And they literally saw this guy in a pub in London. They were like, hey. Uh, and he was like, all right, sure, whatever. He was from Nigeria. He did the movie, he, and then he went back to Nigeria. And that's it. He never did anything else. The thing, the thing, I think you're right. I think at, at at the end when we finally see him blown out the airlock, is when we kind it of it looks humanoid. Control. You realize you it has arms and legs. Yeah. It, yeah, that it's more humanoid. But most of the time, it's the tail, think... the way the tail whips around, and yeah. you know the way the way he got uh, Lambert. You know, remember the tail kind of came up behind her, like yeah. through between her legs, and yeah. then grabbed you, know, like she didn't even know it was there. Kind of thing. So it was. It was really. Of course, the, whole, right at it. the whole thing with the mouth inside the mouth, and it shoots out like a Pez dispenser. Yeah, the thing. tongue has a. Is know, the tongue? Like, what is it? Is it just the mouth inside the mouth, or is it the? Well, tongue? no. It's like it's like another jaw that comes out. Like it's what? I don't know. Jaw. But you know, we don't. Eventually, we don't know at this time that this was actually engineered. This was an engineered creature and not a naturally occurring. Mm-hmm. Of course, we don't find that out till uh till they do the until way later. Prometheus like two, is when you kind of find out. Yeah, yeah is, you know, later. later. Which um, I didn't really care for Prometheus, but that's not. No, nobody does. Um, I I gotta admit, you guys, you just mentioned Lambert. I, she's my least favorite character. 
I do yeah, not like her. She's always and crying I, and screaming and she's useless. She was horrible. Was, she didn't want to do it. She didn't like how weak the character was. And they were like, no, no, you you represent the audience. You're the stand-in for the audience. You're going to yeah. feel what they're feeling. Uh, yeah, I think sure. nowadays audience just mutters. I think she <laughs> actually ruins the chestburster scene because she's the one you can hear her. And I want to talk about you, that scene too. But did you, did you, 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 you understand how they did that, eh? She didn't know yes. the blood was going to go everywhere. That was her natural reaction. Yes, yes, I understand that. People say no one knew what was going to happen in this scene. Not completely true. Uh, they had scripts. Um, and also, they had they tried to do it the first time, and the alien didn't quite come out. And so, and some of that footage, did they did still use. And so they had to do it again, and then the alien did come out. But yeah, you're right. She didn't know she was going to get blasted with blood. I just don't like her reaction in that we, scene, and I think it kind of ruins the scene. I saw some write-up where they were saying that the actually they intended for Ripley and Lambert to be together to be uh, a couple. And Ripley, like, in the original skip scripts, none of these characters had genders. So exactly. Ripley was, might've been a guy. In Aliens, you find out that Lambert was transsexual, which doesn't fly, I don't think. No. Yeah, did you Veronica's that performance. must have been just a conversation in passing then. No, no, you, you, no, it's not even, no. It's you find out when Ripley's doing the briefing and they're showing behind her on the screen the photos of all Rios. her shipmates who died. Yeah. It there's write-ups and people who are faster than me who can hit pause read that <laughs> shit. And every single one of the people on that ship were a problem to Waylon Yutani, which is why they didn't care uh, that they were expensive. Interesting. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, anyway, that's aliens. Let's get back to this movie. But I think I think really the only the, the things that really elevate this movie, you know, and 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 made it successful. Um I, I hate to say our our Star Wars and Geiger. You know, Star Wars got Star Wars. it greenlit. This thing sat on the shelf for something like five years and just was wasn't, the, yeah. you know, it was a oh my god, what do we have that has space in it? Because look at this, you know, the monster that Star Wars was. And yeah. I think Geiger is 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 a huge reason that the look and feel of that thing was was just the way it was. And I think the design was was what took it well, over. Well, like, yeah, you got to give and you got to give a lot of credit to Ridley Scott. Um, I don't him. see. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't Ridley know Scott because... took a B movie script and made it a big budget film. He really. Yeah, did. I mean, yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't agree. Uh, I've seen. I've seen. We've seen Ridley Scott since then stumble, and I don't. I think he can make a script look the best it can. I don't think Ridley he's a storyteller. I don't think he's a storyteller like Cameron or, you know, Spielberg is. I don't think he can take a bad script and make it good, but he can make that script look the best it could possibly be. Well, I mean, I see. Like there's, again, there's a lot of factors, I think, that came together. I'm not certainly setting it at his feet and saying you were the one that yeah. made this. Yeah, they definitely made some excellent editing. You have to also give a lot of credit to, to the actors. I think Sigourney, obviously, this was a kind of a breakout film for her. Um, certainly. And, you know, I think her character and the way she portrayed that character, um, again, not only we have a very strong female lead, um, mm. which is kind of unusual in 1979, mm. <laughs> you know, I think very that also, again, all these things add kind of to, you know, Geiger, you know, you add all these things up and it kind of, the sum of its total is more, you know, it's more than the sum oh, of it. Oh, it's lightning, it's lightning in the bottle. Everything came together yeah. perfectly. Yeah. Yeah, and I think Phil again. I think, oh, go ahead. Go I'm ahead. sorry. You're, you're going to yeah, say. Phil and Bill are wondering if your if your little uh, xenomorph is going to get up and do hello, my baby, hello, my honey. 
just dancing. Um, yeah, they made some really smart editing choices. And I also want to talk about some actually brilliant, like this is 1979, so this is before all the digital effects. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant practical effects. Like the mm -hmm. face hugger autopsy, when after it's dead and it like moves and they all jump, th what was in there was like oysters and clams and muscles. That's exactly and what it looked like. And that's exactly yeah. what it looked like. I thought, man, is that like real? Like it's a giant, it's clam, it's a big clam. It looks like oyster. Yeah, it looked yeah, like They did oyster. a good job with making the thing look real. You know what I'm saying? In the sense that it looked yeah. like an actual, because it was, it was organic, because it was, yeah. organic, it was organic, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. The, the other acid, thing, and this kind of, go ahead. No, I was going to say the acid blood was another interesting choice because, oh, yeah. you know, um, and the fact that it kind of eventually, and I guess as exposed to the atmosphere, it eventually becomes inert because it stopped going through the hull. <laughs> yeah, I wondered about that. Well, they no, said it was like a molecular, they called it a molecular acid, whatever. That's probably some made up thing. I don't know. Maybe if somebody knows science better. Um, but yeah, that I think my, my theory on that was when, when the blood was exposed to oxygen or something in the nitrogen or whatever's in the air, it, it over time reacts it, with it and makes it inert eventually. Yeah. It did go through a couple decks, right? It yeah. went through like three, four decks before it stopped. But still, if you're, yeah. if you're aliens near the outer hole, you maybe don't want to be making him bleed on the outer hall, I guess. Well, I mean, we, we saw, you know, obviously we saw in Aliens when somebody, and it got splashed by the blood when it got shot, and of course they were just, throw half their body was eaten away instantly. But, you know, you also have to think a ship this big probably has bulkheads in case there is a, uh, a hull breach, so, you know. Oh, yeah, I mean, they probably could have sealed well, off the second. It, it ate through the alien ship, too. So, let, let's, I'm going to harken back Look to the Rick and Morty, If you drop a lightsaber straight down, yeah, it just keeps going. And going. It just keeps going down. <laughs> just keeps going down. Um, so they go down to this planetoid and they're checking out this alien ship and there's this alien pilot. And that kind of harkens back to HR Geiger and stuff. Like, what a cool design. Like, I, I oh, love the, like the, I don't know, was it a U? Yeah, I don't know what the shape of the ship was. It was like a horseshoe. horseshoe. It was like a horseshoe, yeah. Yeah, and then he's cool. And then Prometheus kind of ruined it. But it was really cool. And like, if this is all you've seen, you're like, oh, we're finally seeing something really different and cool. And the, yeah, and the alien doctor. pilot or whatever he was is in that chair. And you really couldn't tell what was alien and what was chair. But it just yep. was right. They, even make, they make mention it looks like he's part of the chair. Or he's grown into the chair. Part of the chair. Yeah, yeah. he looked like that. that. Yeah, so. and, and that ship looked so visually different than the Nostromo. The strong was all hard thing. angles and right. metal. And here's, here's the thing: when you're getting to that point in the movie, when they find find this the the astronaut, the ancient astronaut, and they clearly could see that something had. They even said it looks like something blew out of his chest. Yeah, red flag. Chest, yeah, red flag. And the hole and then, in the floor was the acid. Yeah, and then and then they go and, and then they find the the egg chamber, you know, and of course, yeah. oh, let me go. What's this? And it's moving. I wonder what this you is. Know? Who does that? <laughs> Luke, Luke Skywalker does it when he gets a lightsaber. Luke Skywalker does oh, yeah, that when he gets a lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying, there's a lot of red flags that they probably should have uh, just said, you know what, we're, we're out of here. This is, uh, I don't care what it is. But they, um, That ship, that whole scene of them coming down the elevator and walking across to get in the alien ship, um, they couldn't get their perspective right, and they couldn't use adults because the adults looked too big. It was forced perspective, so they had to yeah. use kids. It was actually they little, little kids, kids. Yeah, walking to look shorter to make the perspective work. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. 
No, I, I already read that. That is funny. So we but should go cat. We haven't really talked, but go ahead, Bruce. Um, then but you got to admit that the the creature design was much better than than Dan O'Bannon's uh, previous film. Uh, does, are, are people familiar with Dark Star? <laughs> Which was Dark Star? Yeah. Yep. So the beach ball I love with Dan the, O'Bannon. I don't yeah. know Dark Star, but I usually enjoy Dan O'Bannon. Oh, you got to see Dark Star. I've got it on disc. Maybe I'll. I'll no bring relation, it down. by the way, to Rock Me O'Bannon. Anyway, in the cast, of course, we 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 uh, probably the top star in this is Sigourney Weaver. Again, this was when she was very very uh, unknown. I think at the time, nobody knew who Sigourney Weaver was. Uh, and and I and as Ripley, and it might have been one of her first big films. Yeah. Certainly, I don't know if it was her first thing, but it was one. Of, I haven't looked at her her uh, her her list of stuff, but um, but what a great cast cho casting choice. Um, she worked out so perfectly. Uh, she's obviously the. The, the favorite character. She's the heroine, the only one that lives besides the cat. Um, you know, um, she and, had yeah. auditioned for and did not get Princess Leia. So this yep. was literally like the next thing she tried for. But but yeah, she's she's so well suited to the role. She is not yeah, suited I mean, to the Princess Leia, right? No, well, you know, she's played softer roles since, you know, I'm thinking she got, you know, she was kind of typecast a little bit, I think, after this is kind of the the hero girl, but um, Ghostbusters, anybody? Sigourney, yes, yeah, Kent. Kent Sigourney was in the best Star Trek movie ever. She absolutely was. I have yeah, one job. It's stupid. It's stupid but but I'll do it. it. That's well, true. In fact, well, no, I love I love this movie so much, and I love the character so much. I literally named my dog after her. So I have Ripley, and she's right here. Um, so there's that. That tells you anything. Uh, of course, Tom Skerritt again is another workhorse of, you know, we know from Top Gun, and, um, yeah. you know, tons of stuff. Tom's been in lots is of Tom stuff. Is Tom Viper and... or Jester? No, Jester is uh, Michael Ironside. Michael, right? Michael Ironside. Yes, okay, right. so he is yeah. Viper. Okay. Yeah. And then John Hurt, who's like another we're hardest working man in Hollywood or something. God, now John, John how many Hurt. things? And the only thing I noticed with John Hurt, he's very young in this film because obviously this is, you know, how long ago. John Hurt looks old even when he was young. He looks like it. Like, he, he, like, he just looks old all the time, no matter what he does. Yeah. It's like it's just like his face. He just looks like an older man. Um, yeah. Of course, he's great. He's been in a ton of stuff. He did a good version of 1984. If you ever seen that? Um, just lots. He played of all he, 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 he did play one doctor for that one episode. On that, he was the war doctor. I think we've talked about that. And then uh, going on, Veronica Cartwright, who played Lambert. Yeah, she's got she's done a bunch of stuff. When when you see her, you you kind of like, oh yeah, I know her. Like yeah. she's been yeah, in she's around. The other thing, and she's been in tons of stuff. Um, not she's one of those people that you know her name. You know, you always like nope. yeah, I recognize her, but I don't know what her name. But is. She's also the but sister the of uh, that Angela. Angela. Angela Cartwright from Angela Lost. Cartwright she looks from like Lost her sister, Correct. and you know who like her sister her. is. Yeah. 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 So, and then Harry Dean Stanton, who played Brett, he was the first guy that gets killed. Oh, my God. Harry Dean. Um, he's in everything. And he's, he's been in a lot now. of stuff. He usually kind of John plays Hurt's like a same kind of, same kind of character, too. He always seems to. But I guess They're reminding kind of, us John Hurt was Caligula and Elephant Man. Yeah, they, John Hurt did a ton of awesome He's done tons of stuff. Oh, my God. It's all, like, all of the actors are really hardworking actors. Yeah, they all are. They really is. You've missed the have. films they've all been in. There's Holy not, God. there's really not, I mean, until you get down past Yafit, there's really not, I mean, and you know. Yafit was good in his day, too. He's gone now. Yeah, too. I know. A lot Yafit, of his you know. He's done tons Yafit of stuff. Yafit was almost Picard, right? Wasn't Yafit in the running? 
for Picard. That's what you said earlier. I, didn't, I don't know that for a fact. Maybe somebody watched I'm pretty sure. That. Someone double-checked that for me, but I'm pretty sure Yafit was in the running for Picard, which would have made a really interesting Picard. And then Ian Holm as Ash. who um, Ian Holm, Bilbo Baggins. Make that scary face. I love oh, Ian. He's no, a little come on, no, he's he, Come on. He's the, he's the priest in Fifth Element. Oh, God. That's right. That's right. You're a monster. Ian. I love Ian. He's in all kinds. He's of that to me is one. Of, I think that's my favorite role for him. It was was that character because he was he was kind of funny and serious. He was trying to be serious, but he was still funny at the same time. The whole movie was was just great. Of course, we've done it. If you guys haven't seen that, joined us on our little journey of sci-fi distilled. It was like the first or second movie I think we ever did on this show was The Fifth Element. So, and then of course we just talked about Yafa Koto. Yes. Of course, he was in, he was a James Bond villain. Yes, and he wasn't going to be Picard. He was going to be Lando Calrissian. Really? Could yeah. I see him as Lando? Oh, really? I'm pretty sure he's going to be Picard too. I'm not I sure I could see Picard. him. I'm not sure I could see him as Lando. He turned it down supposedly. Oh, really? Yeah. I think Billy D makes a very good. I mean, I think that was a good choice because he was supposed to be kind. He had that air of being kind of a scallywag, kind of that. You know, someone you didn't trust, but sweet. Yeah, topic. actors, actors considered, actors considered for John Luke Picard included Yaffa Koto, Patrick Bacow, okay. Roy Thines, and Mitchell Ryan. I the only name I recognize out of that is Yaffa Koto. Yaffa Koto uh, turned down the role as he was concerned about shifting his career over to television after having a prolific film career. He would later regret the decision, calling it a wrong decision. Yeah, well, we, you know, that's, you know, but you would have thought by knowing how popular Star Wars was probably the time that they were casting that, that, you know, that was probably a mistake to turn that down. Because Star Wars was already a huge I don't think hit. They knew. I don't think they knew. How did they not know? Not. Star Wars, by the time they did Empire, we didn't know about Lando until. Oh, Star the Wars. Movie. Yeah, Star right, Wars. Star was Wars. Huge. I thought you were talking about next gen. Oh, no, not next gen. But you know, yeah, no, we're 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 almost a decade before, not quite. So anyway, that rounds out our cast. Um, like I said, quite quite the film overall. I mean, I love this movie. Um, I still I still dislike watching the part with that comes out of the egg. I hate that. Part. Yes, <laughs> I still cringe. I'm like, you know, it's coming, but you're like, just don't look in there. You know, it's really cool. In that scene, did you guys notice that the helmet, the helmets vent out the top? And so as they're yeah. breathing, every now and yeah. again, you get this little puff of like, right. I love right. that. I, I love that little, that. That little I detail. I didn't know if those were specific to some kind of environment. Because I don't think, why would, you wouldn't normally do that in a spacesuit. Those are all You wouldn't vent. Yeah. yeah, because to me, that would, even but, if you did it, why would, why would you do it? And B, it's another, that would be a huge failure point. That you know you're blowing something out from you know to the to a vacuum, assuming you're in a vacuum, it would not really be a good idea. So I don't know why they did that. I guess it was just for effect, like all the other steam blowing everywhere. The movies, you know, it's it's visually, like I said, I think I agree with Bruce. I kind of regret not being able to see it in the theater because I'm sure it was much more vibrant. It was more sharper, and even watching it in HD on a television, it. I don't think I think it loses quite a bit. It, it's just hard to see what's going on, and I know that was partly intentional to make it difficult with all the flashing lights, 
the strobing, the steam, water flying everywhere, and the quick quick shots. It was designed that way to not only you know give the form of action and tension, but it also made covered up a lot of evils. <laughs> so I don't know what yeah, Phil is showing. Uh, Phil, I don't know what that uh, link is for. Um, so but apparently it's something that Phil wants us to watch. It tells it's probably for the high school. Uh, a few years ago, New Jersey High School did do a, a play, an alien play. Phil is also reminding us reminding us that this is loosely based on the short novel Black Destroyer. I'm not familiar. If any of you guys are, clue me in. Uh, by A.E. Van Vaught, which is part of a fix-up novel called Voyage of... Mm, no. Voyage of the Space Eagle. It's not the Space Eagle. Yes, is it the Space Voyage Eagle? of the Space Eagle. And it's Discord and Scarlet, okay. actually, is the part that they actually had to pay out $50,000 to the author because of the, the closeness of it. Oh, because he said you stole my idea. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. Chris, Chris, that happens Chris every now and again. Thoreau saying it is. It was terrifying in the theater. I, I imagine it was. I sure as heck didn't want to see it as a twelve-year-old because let's. We didn't even talk about the advertising for this, which was brilliant. Oh yes. Oh um, yes. The advertising Wasn't the movie just, showed you all these rapid-fire shots. It, but it was like all the, it was pretty much was the egg cracking and and the line in space. No one can hear in you scream. I yeah, thought there it was, was all these rapid-fire horrific shots. There was probably different, but a lot of them were just – I remember just seeing the one with the egg. And, the, and yeah, the they were really out of it. it. It actually reminded me somewhat of the of the Genesis uh, video at the beginning where there's sort of this rocky asteroid yeah. cut away with the egg back to the rocky asteroid and stuff like that. And then, yeah, this crack with the light. And, yeah. yeah. And then just the tagline in space, no one can hear you scream. No which was reason. just, I mean, that alone kind of made you give you, <laughs> which is true because sound does not travel through a vacuum. <laughs> if you, if you ever want to see an interesting video, I was watching it today while I was trying to do some work. Um, and it was Roger Ebert's reviews of alien over the years because he's gone back and revisited aliens, uh, alien a few times when he first came out, it was, you know, they didn't do thumbs up at that time. It was too early, but he was positive about it. And then they did sort of sci-fi movies as a as a special episode. And he sort of, he panned it at that point. Um, and then sort of later on in 2003, I think he came back and said, you know, no, this is a seminal work in sci-fi movies and stuff. So it's quite interesting to to go through the different flip-flops that he that he made. I, well, he the, was wrong to pan it. Yeah, well, that's just a movie critic. I mean, I never go usually by what movie critics say. But one of the, you know, the, the thing is, there's always the argument is people say this isn't a sci-fi movie; it's a horror movie. So, and and well, I mean, I know, but this is like an argument that nerds have. Um, I, I you know, because they say it's really, it's just, it's really just straight horror set in a science in a spaceship, as well, opposed to you know an actual science. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I call it sci-fi horror because I think that's its own become its yes. own its own genre. You know, but yeah. you, but you look at that and you go you know you go back to the the nineteen fifties uh, sci-fi films they were sort of sci-fi horror you know the fly yeah. and the thing and sure. stuff like that. To me, it was a it was a reinvigoration. Those, those, those were build straight horror movies. Were they? The fly, the th I mean, I think those were was built. I don't know. 
if they were really considered any kind of sci-fi, like Forbidden Planet was sci-fi. Well, yeah, yeah. But I think this is the, one of the first franchises that really changed the genre of the the sequels, oh, yeah. you know, if you will. I agree. And, you know, I, I, I think that's, you know, if a franchise can do that, it can be very, very powerful. You know, you look oh, something yeah. like, you know, the, the Marvel movies now where they can have different genres within that same franchise. Yeah. And uh, to me, you're right. I mean, Alien and Aliens are two very different films, two different genres. But uh, yeah, they both work. Yeah, one is one is really a straight and I... horror, horror film with jump scares and everything else. And one is a straight action Film. Yeah, here's here's the thing, and I know we're running out of time, but here's the thing. This movie is an incredibly smart movie, and we didn't even dive in tonight as to why it's smart. Phil was right. This thing has all kinds of psychologic and sexual overtones oh, absolutely. and symbolism galore. It's loaded. It's a very, very smart film. Um, it is widely, and I'm going to start show, so we don't cover that. We don't cover that. Um, <laughs> that's also why I had an article in the we're news tonight about here. Don't you get that? in China, and I dumped that too because we're not an intellectual show. Um, th from Wikipedia, uh, they Alien is widely considered one of the greatest and most greatest and most influential science fiction and horror films of all time. In 2002, it was deemed culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant by the Library of Congress and selected for preservation. And we've done a couple movies that have been selected for preservation. Mm -hmm. by, the, um, by 2008, it was ranked by the American Film Institute as the seventh best film in science fiction. I, I, this movie is much, much smarter. It's fun. It's a great, fun movie, and you're scared, and it's sci-fi horror and everything. But it's much smarter than we are giving it credit for. And maybe some night we will sit down and dive into the psychology of this thing. It, it's Again, smart. I, I'm, I, I, I don't know if I agree with that. I think it was I lightning think. in the bottle. And I think, I think people can read into it a lot more than was ever intended on the, on the page. I think it. I think it got smart. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I think, and that's you know, that's a lot of literature that you know, like you sit in high school and they would dissect these novels from wherever they were and say, "This is this the symbolism in this," and you're like, yeah. maybe it was just a story that the guy thought was a good story, and you're just, you're just kind of projecting these things into the film or into the book, you know, as to what you think they mean. Um, I think there are. It is. I think it's more significant. You're right than than just a superficial yes. monster movie. I agree with that, but I don't know how deep the well goes, um, or at least what it was intended. Goes deep. I, I don't know what it was I intended, just don't know if it was intended to I do. I think dragging H.R. Geiger in suddenly deepened it a whole bunch. Yeah, and if you look at his work prior to this, because a lot of, because he was very, when that movie came out, he be, he exploded his art, became very popular, and his stuff was all over the place. But you see his previous work, and it looked exactly like the alien stuff. I mean, he has that same. It's almost a gothic. It's almost like a gothic look in his stuff. But the alien, you when he hides among in the ship, you can't discern him from the ship. He looks like. Yeah, he's all. Fact, well, the, yeah, he's all camera, curled up. When Ripley first walks into the Narcissus. Yeah, when he's when Rip the space the the little escape ship, the Narcissus. When Ripley first walks on the Narcissus, she, her eyes pan over, and the camera pans over, and it's right there. He he's right there. And the camera goes yeah. fast, and none of us saw it. Nobody sees him there. Nobody. Until he, he sticks looks his like the ship. His hand comes out. When he's up against the walls and stuff, he yeah. he's got ridges because yeah, he he's got stuff that makes him look like he's part of the ship. 
it's a smart, smart design. Absolutely. For all its, yeah, for it's, all its great, valid, really great. Symbolism. Of course, they, they, they smart, took it to smart. another level when they did aliens. Of course, they had the mother, the mother alien the pumping queen. out the eggs, yeah. and you know they kind of fleshed yeah. out the whole the whole species. It's a very complex life cycle for the alien when you think about it. Yeah, it's a very <laughs> weird a, life cycle. A very complex life cycle. Is it like bees, where some become drones and some become? I guess that's yeah. one. Would, one could make that argument. Clearly, there's, there's, there's a, and some are clearly there's a queen. You know, we know there's a queen that makes the eggs, much like ants or any you know many insects or stuff. So there's a queen, and then there must be the the warriors or the drones or something. I don't know. But then you figure, remember, it makes the egg, which makes the 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 face hugger thing, and then that plants another egg. And then the face, yeah, yeah and, that what, and then that thing comes out, and it's another thing. You know, it's like this whole very complex life cycle. It grows. Oh, it sheds. It sheds its yeah. skin. Yeah. So anyway, we are at eight o'clock. So we we uh, I, I love this movie. It's one of all my right. favorites We're... of all time. Um, I don't know why I love it so much. It, I love it's, this movie it, too. There's a lot of good stuff about it. And I, again, I not having seen it in the theater the first time. Uh, I would have been ter I would have been nightmares with this was if I had seen it as a kid. I didn't, you know, just <laughs> there's no way I would have ever gotten any more sleep after I had seen this in the theater. So, uh, but so anyway, wrapping that up. So that does wrap up our Halloween month. So because next week, I would, yeah, unless we want to do something next week on Halloween, Happy I don't Halloween, know. Happy Halloween, everybody! That idea of doing something on actual Halloween night. So this week wanna... is the first. Huh. So it's all Souls Day or All Saints Day. Well, so no, I, I know, but I was thinking of maybe doing on the Tuesday, like you know, do a oh, Roy thing and do a different day. And oh my God, we're gonna pull a Roy maybe, and change our day. Well, maybe what? just if, if, see if guys, maybe we can have our people, our regular viewers, if they want to pop in with their costume. You guys don't want to come on with us kind Tuesday quick, night? I don't know. We don't do anything. We don't do anything in Halloween here. Hey, I've got I've got to hand out candy that night, so I mean, come on. All right. Well, anyway, it was just an idea. Yeah, everyone. Everyone has to so anyway, but, but we're you can see us in costume Sunday night at seven on Roy's Sci-Fi Tie Dye Corner. Did I get that right? It is yeah. like the longest yes web show name in history. It um, really is. Why does he do that? <laughs> Are you going to be back in the proper country by then? Oh yeah, just barely. Just barely. Okay. <laughs> He'll be racing in. He'll be screeching yeah, I mean, in. I'm going to be half asleep because that's a it's a tiring ride. Hey, since, uh, since since I'm here and 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 in person, can I make a request that uh, for all mankind before the new season starts? Well, since the new season starts on the tenth, we should We'd probably have to do that on either like the first. The first or that. The you guys, what, was that something you, the group, the, the 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 viewers want us to do review the first you three guys seasons for all mankind? mankind? I'm caught up. I'm actually finally caught up. So I oh, I watch them as they come. I I love that show. It's so the good. best show on TV right now by far. Yeah, it's certainly one of the best. That's for sure. It's, it's another smart show. I don't know. I'm I'm really loving what we do in the shadows. I'm still watching that too. Like I watched watch, it to I'm do this show, three, and I'm still watching. Freaking shows a riot. I just walk around Guillermo. going Guillermo. I need you know, a what Guillermo. Are you doing, Guillermo? Why are Guillermo. I need my own Guillermo to run around and do stuff. Right? We all could use a Guillermo. Anyway, um, yeah, so we'll see you guys Sunday night. Bruce, thanks for joining us again, even though you're wrong about aliens being better. Uh, <laughs> I seem to remember somebody else right, agreeing with you. Guys you. Guys but you posted it on Facebook, so you, you like the first shot was fired on that one. So anyway... <laughs> Next week, I don't know what we're doing. Maybe we'll do guys. So super quick, I don't know what we're doing. 
Roy, do you guys want to do Halloween night? Everyone start saying in the comments real quick before we sign off. If you want to come on with us Halloween night, that might be fun. I will wear my other costume. Not the one I'm wearing on Roy's show. My other costume. Roy is doing The Exorcist on Friday. He has us on Sunday. Phil is off Thursday evening. He's talking to Bill McNulty about politics at noon. And then on the Friday night freeform, he has Bill Latham calling Bennett talking about horror movies. I'll be on a film, Phil, next week, not tomorrow, next week to talk to musician Freddie Brown. And I'm going to talk about the William Shatner visit to the Star Trek set tour. So all of that. While I was talking, did you all say you wanted to come on? Chris wants to come on. Um, yeah, I was going to say what uh, the other thing is, uh, what we did, Roy's, I mean, Roy, uh, Phil's show last Friday, was it, right? We talked about mm -hmm. Strange New Worlds. If you want, I think we can post the link because, Paul Levinson, who is also on, has a webpage yes. and he has it linked there. So we can link the link to the link if anybody and wants I to have it in the drive talk too, for so. two hours on Strange New Worlds, season two. It was a good show. But it then was, again, I was alone. It was good. There was like three of us agreeing and then Phil and Paul disagreeing with the, no, it was, yeah, it was the three of us pretty much Listen, me, Mary Beth and Roy. Paul agreed with us. It was Paul Sometimes. who was like, kind of the opening gambit is what do you think? And we all said basically the same thing. And then Paul's like, I got to disagree with the three panelists. I'm like, oh. yeah, that's, he always does. He always does. So anyway, it's, it's a good, it's, if you're Paul's bored for two good. hours and you really want to, if you're having trouble sleeping, this is a good one to watch. <laughs> if you are alone at the cottage, not doing anything, it's great to listen to. <laughs> yes, there you go. All right. So I will try to remember to put it on the page, to link that on the page so that we can, so that anybody that wants to listen to it can listen. Um, all right. We are way past the hour. Uh, I'm going to say good night, live long and prosper. We'll see you. We'll let you know. I'll look for the look on the web Facebook page and I'll decide whether we're, we're going to do Tuesday or maybe we'll do Tuesday and Wednesday if we're really up to it. That's crazy. That's crazy talk. That's crazy talk. Crazy that's talk. Roy. That's crazy Roy talk. talk. That's Roy. Roy era. We can still do strange new. I mean, um, for all mankind, the following week. On the yeah, 7th. we could. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and write that down now. For all mankind. Now we'll just we'll just plan on doing that. The seventh will be for all mankind. I don't know what the first will be or the thirty first. Or should we decide to go that route? Okay. Great. All right. On that yes. note, again, I will say good night again. So, good night, folks. Live long and prosper. Have a great, safe Halloween if we don't talk to you. Bye-bye. <laughs>